0: Silence, uh, woman. (laughs) This is Saudi Arabia episode. (laughs) Your input is not needed.
1: Hello, folks. Welcome back to your Late Late Capitalism show. Uh, This is our Groundhog Day edition coming out right on time on Groundhog Day, Thursday, February 2nd. Mm -hmm. And that's right. uh, We've got 60 straight minutes of Mamorta Monax facts, folks, celebrating this special day that only comes every four
2: years. Are you guys excited for Groundhog Day? Oh, yeah, always. I look forward to it every year, every day. Every day I look forward to Groundhog Day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wasn't excited until something happened to me today. You see, I was uh I, I was out on the town. You know, I went to a, I went to a pizza restaurant, and uh, you know I was just ordering a slice, classic you know New Yorker slice from Kingston, yeah. Ontario, uh-huh. and something strange happened. You see, I look behind into like you know the kitchen where they're making the pizza, and who is manning the friggin pizza oven? Uh, but Bill freaking Murray. And the craziest thing cool. is, when he served me, he said, no one will ever believe you. And then also in 1990, he forced <laughs> Gina Davis in a hotel room to let him <laughs> wait, use a massager wait, on her back. Wait, and he wait, said, wait. no one will ever believe you. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait what's that? <laughs> no, it's cool. He's wait, in Ghostbusters. Wait. Wait. He's, he's epic. Uh, don't look into Bill Murray allegations is all I'm, all I'm saying. because uh, Well, he just hates Mondays. Anyways, watching Garfield with the the children in the class I work with was a horrifying experience. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds unpleasant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, uh, yeah, Groundhog Day, you know? It was reliving it over and over again.
1: I've got a little history report for you on Groundhogs, if you don't mind. Uh, This is 1883. The New Hampshire Legislative Woodchuck Committee uh, just describes the Groundhog's objectionable character. Here we go, quote. Yeah. The woodchuck, despite its deformities both of mind and body, possesses some of the amenities of higher civilization. It cleans its face after the manner of the squirrels. (laughs) I know, right? It cleans its face and licks the fur after uh, the manner of a cat. Your committee is too wise, however, to be deceived by this purely superficial observation of better habits contemporaneous with the arc the woodchuck has not made any material progress in social science and it is now too late to reform the wayward sinner
0: mm. honestly woodchucks were the original pit bulls, is what this sounds like
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> we just we had to ban them because even the, you know they might look nice they might like wash their little faces but at the end of the day uh they're not progressing the social sciences
0: yeah in like 20 years there's gonna be like all of we're gonna have a pit bull be our like weather barometer basically because all other ones like the groundhog were wiped out by angry drunken fur traders so this is fascinating chunky moms
2: Chucky moms, oh, so like a woodchuck. <laughs> okay. You know, like pity moms call themselves pity moms. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> chucky moms.
0: Like the the Sons of Anarchy autism moms, the pity moms, yeah. the uh, the Roddy moms, and the Chucky moms are going to unite and form the most cohesive political block in North America.
1: I pity moms; they have it so hard. Yeah,
0: like <laughs> it's like literally the second easiest job after being the mom of a special needs child. So. <laughs> I mean, Don't shake good. your head at me. <laughs>
2: that was really good. Um, did you guys hear though uh, the sad news about Groundhog Day? Regardless of how the groundhog here in Canada feel yes. about woodchucks, no, this is nationwide. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying.
0: Here in Canada, this is sad news. This is but international. In, this is not <laughs> is international. International, <laughs> international, eh?
2: Yeah. Anyways, uh, Fred le Marmot. Fred le Marmot. Why'd there, you get you me go. to do this, Dean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I it's think your story. The French shit. Yeah. Fred, Fred le marmot. Ma- Fred le uh, was found dead before. <laughs> so sick. <laughs> okay,
0: so this is like obviously they just hadn't checked on him in a year, <laughs> and, <it's> like, <laughs> and they just like came back like, oh, it's time for him to do his thing, and he's it was just like a skeleton. <laughs> it wasn't even that he just recently died. There was nothing left on his bones.
2: The best part is it was literally it's it says here in the very. First paragraph he was found just hours before he was due to predict <laughs> yeah. his arrival there's no way that they checked in on him he no. could have been dead for fucking. Months. that's what i'm saying like
0: it's very clear that nobody gave a shit about fred le Mamotte. it's no. like this is like a john uh, a fucking jim morrison type situation where he was like found dead in a hotel room before he was set to go on stage you know yeah <laughs> like, it's, it's
2: disgusting
0: minute. yeah well,
1: they they just, they had this poor woodchuck in the same, like, you know, child protection services that, like, most, like, French teenagers get. You know, it works fine for, like, the average Quebecois uh, preteen because, like, they're just given, like, a carton of cigarettes and, like, sent on their way. But a woodchuck requires a, a bit more of a of a steadier hand.
0: Well, yeah, you have to, like, they have no social graces. You know, we just heard about yeah, that exactly. probably very racist paper from 1883. <laughs> called yeah, like
1: races against groundhogs yeah, r-
0: ruminations on the woodchuck and the lower lower dark races or something
2: the woodchuck problem
0: yeah the woodchuck question and how to solve it <laughs> yes exactly and that was literally like the most progressive paper written over the last hundred years yeah
1: just asking the white man how how many woodchucks he's willing to chuck to save yeah. his race
2: <laughs> um So, Jesse, I want to say that you are correct in your assumption that uh, they didn't know at all for a very long time, Uh, and he could have been dead for possibly months, because it says here, no shadow would have meant Fred staying above ground, uh, Uh. auguring in early spring, of course, but after some 40 minutes of festivities, so they started the (laughs) festivities. That's awesome. After after some 40 minutes of festivities, including singing and dancing, the organizer came out and told people that Fred had passed away (laughs) and that he added uh, he thought the groundhog may have died in late fall or early December. Oh, Oh so it had
0: been months. They should have just, like, put a hand puppet on stage. Fred, what do you see? Will we have an early spring?
1: Wee!
2: (laughs) I heard a child wearing a groundhog hat was called up to the stage and asked for his prediction. So you're wrong. And then and then they put that kid
1: in Fred's old kennel. (laughs) Yeah, excited to open that up again next year.
0: Oh my god! Did you
2: know that groundhogs have a forty percent accuracy rate? Like, what the fuck is that, man? You're not even good at your one job? No.
0: It, it literally should be 50-50. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm glad this fucker's the dead. The stats
2: are against him. <laughs>
0: yeah. Also, like, had you ever heard of Fred LeMarmont before, like, this week? Yeah. I, zero I, I, everybody, yeah, Everybody knows Wireton Willie. So
2: the, the, the classic. Yeah, the goat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the best thing is, is that the photo that the Guardian used for Fred LeMarmont is actually not him. And it's actually Poxitani Phil. Oh, so, like, uh, Poxitani Phil. It doesn't even matter. Like, nobody gives a shit about yeah. this Groundhog.
1: Liking Poxitani Phil is like liking the Yankees, though. Like, you're not yeah. impressing anybody. They
2: waited yeah. until he blowed it up, and then they were like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? This is man? the
0: final picture the media will show you of the beloved Fred Lamar Mod. It's like <laughs> Richard Pryor in the hospital. It His family like had to intense. sue them.
2: Yeah, Elvis on the toilet. Like, yeah. they, just, like, they just let him fucking die, Yeah, man. They,
0: they had Jake Gyllenhaal from Nightcrawler take the pictures of Fred Lamar So
2: there's two <laughs> things that I have to say about Fred. And uh, the first one is they missed the opportunity to call him a ground frog instead of a ground hog. Uh, okay, yeah, and all right. He, huh? I get you. Come on. Yeah. And the other uh-huh. one is that uh, they call me a ground hog because I fuck dirt.
0: Yeah. He's he's
2: like so. chances
0: a reverse land shark. His fin is in the dirt, not sticking out of it.
2: That's right, yeah, man. I get I it, you know when they say uh, get that thing dirty, mm-hmm. um, that's what I do. I yeah. just I fuck dirt. Yeah, can you like, wiggle it for
0: me fun. a bit? Can you wiggle it on cam for me? No yeah. one will ever believe me, so now's your chance. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like speaking of like you know the the general the dirt the filth old-timey racial epithets uh would you like to hear some other words for groundhog uh yeah, can please. you
0: say these okay well, yes. well okay yeah I, i'll <laughs> say them let me know if i have to
1: if i have to bleep them later uh yeah All
2: we've right.
1: got
0: woodchuck you know
1: classic ground pig yeah, that's whistle fine. pig whistle okay. pig okay thick wood badger no way no one's calling it. That's
0: a different. That's a no, category. That's no, not. A I, name I swear her. to God,
1: these are all accepted common names in different parts of the country. What's next, Dean? Mature, mature milf. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I've got moonac. Whatever. The, I see. Like I don't. I don't oh, like the sound of that. I don't at like all. that one. Yeah. No. W- that, that's Weenusk.
0: <laughs> Weenusk. Weenusk. <laughs>
1: right. Okay. Red monk. And then no, land no, no, beaver. No. So, okay, be- land beaver. Very sexual, very racially charged. There's a lot going
2: on here. Yeah. Imagine setting up another club instead of the beaver lodge and calling it the land beaver lodge just to confuse people. <laughs> people are just like, wait, what's the fucking difference? You're like, I don't know. Come join, find out.
1: <laughs> she land beaver on my thick wood badger till I
0: chuck. Yeah, oh my god. Anyway, there you go ear,
2: are nusk, weenus, nusk. Dean, I hate these. Dean, what right. the fuck? Yeah, red, red, red
0: monk makes me. Red go, monk hmm. is bad. Yeah, that gives me pause. What was the other one? Moon something? M- Moonac. <laughs> Yeah, that one really <laughs> that, that seems one dicey. That one, really not cool. Yeah, I, that, I think it's like, in terms of the worst one, it's, it's Moon Knack and then Red Monk for me. And then Thick, what was it? Thick, Thick Wood, Wood Badger. That is, I refuse to believe that's a nickname. Like, that is clearly, you got your search history into the <laughs> Like There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they used to call On my they Red used Wall Slash it. Fiction.
2: Yeah, yeah. They used to call uh, the groundhog Rule Thirty Four Bill Clinton. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, <laughs>
0: How could you see like this little fat, like gross rat, and be like, "Yeah, we should name this after the hottest thing in the world—a badger with a big, thick cock on him."
2: <laughs> what the fuck? That's <laughs> What's what casts going on? the shadow. Yeah, <laughs> he pulls out his big dong every year. <laughs> yeah, like where's the groundhog?
0: <laughs> oh man. That was uh, Fred Lamarmott. Uh, it's better to burn out than it is to fade away. So, <laughs> oh,
2: fuck, man. Fred, I'm just so sad thinking of him. It's like he OD'd and his fucking yeah. drug addict friends didn't notice. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> hey, like, hey,
0: hey, my, my. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's like. He was- they were like, man, we haven't heard from Fred in a while. <laughs> I go check up on him. Boy's dead in his apartment building. <laughs> this like, winter will
0: we'll never die. Yeah, this is—he is honestly <laughs> the greatest Canadian protagonist. I wish we had known more about him. He's gonna be the new logo. We're gonna switch to like, memoir. yeah, a green and white Fred Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He is, uh, oh, man. Fred gets to join the esteemed collection of animals on our, our show Pantheon, though, such as Wasabi the dog. Now we yep. have Fred Lamar it's Oh, yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> We're building I'm sure there's, like, heart. some kind... Oh! Mernie the horse. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: we are getting... Also Mernie. got
0: canceled. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk <laughs> yeah. about that. <laughs> so, the Saudi Arabian kingdom. A beautiful place. The crown jewel of the Middle East. Other yeah, than where Israel. Aladdin
2: would, takes place. Yeah. Uh, in Israel? Yeah, in Israel. <laughs> in <laughs> Jerusalem.
0: That makes sense the way he was treated now. Uh, <laughs> so, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> this story begins with the ascension of Prince Mohammed bin, Mohammed bin Salman, who essentially in like 2015 gets a pretty, pretty big position within his family's empire. Uh, one year later, in 2016, They start to uh, create something known as Saudi Vision 2030, Mm. which is essentially a massive rebranding of Saudi Arabia and transformation of its economy, shifting away from, you know, oil, fossil fuels, and looking to diversify into different fields. The most interesting of all of them being the world of entertainment. Ooh. And now, that comprises traditional entertainment, you know, concerts, stuff of the like, but to me, much more interestingly, that also comprises the world of sports. Now, the Saudis, I think, astutely recognize that sports is the one real area of culture that still has any kind of real purchase, so they're like, okay,
1: yeah, it, It's, it's the only thing that, like, uh, and even still, like, you know, with kneeling and whatnot, like... Uh, like there's still politics in sports, obviously and there always have been. But like it seems to be like the, the that the one like sphere where you can like more or less dodge culture more in entertainment. You know? Yes.
2: And the other thing, ooh, the other go thing ahead, about Chance. sports is that um I think cultural purchase is a really good uh way to describe its hold on uh, the world at large, similar to how media in general had a hold on people and could be used to like steer focus from one way to another it, with sports, it's towards advertising. But before that, movies with like certain cultural propaganda and things like that, um, sports still has the exact same hold, probably not to the same degree, but more so than pretty much any other medium that was state controlled at one point in time.
0: Mm-hmm. and which is why i think the general idea of like how do we improve the reputation of this country that is seen as like you know being cartoonishly evil well it's like oh we have to pass some very extremely moderate social reforms and i mean that like the most loose sense of the term for instance allowing women to drive which is immortalized by the iconic hillary clinton tweet ladies start your engines (laughs) which (laughs) certainly
2: is one of my
0: favorite tweets ever posted So, it's 2016. It's like April 2016, they announced this Saudi Vision 2030. In May of 2016, the General Authority for Entertainment, which is the group responsible for all the sports and entertainment side of things, uh, is announced in a royal decree. They give them $2 billion to basically turn Saudi Arabia into this tourism and entertainment hub of the world. So, (laughs) it starts off with the most stupid and perfect choice possible – Now, when we think of Saudi Arabia, yes, many people, specifically people with bad brains like us, will immediately think back to Saudi Arabia's nebulous role in the September 11th terrorism attacks. Something that they themselves seem to hint at in 2018 when they threatened to smash a plane into the CN Tower. That was so. Got to keep our nose out
1: of their business, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that's hilarious. Who do you think they got in 2017 as their first major Western artist to play in Saudi Arabia? I will give you one hint. Think country music.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Was it like, uh like Trace Atkins or something?
0: It was not Trace Atkins. Good guess though.
2: Thank you. Oh, uh, was it the guy from Hootie and the Blowfish? Was it? No, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Was it no, Darius. Ritter? It was not Hootie. It was.
0: It was not Wagon Wheel. I want you guys may be surprised to hear that the first Western artist to play in this new era of Saudi Arabia was Mister. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's oh, the God. American way. Toby Keith. The man who famously wrote "Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue" about nine eleven was the first artist to play in Saudi Arabia in twenty seventeen.
1: At this point, I feel part? like Toby How Keith was involved in nine eleven. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yes, it did have a market as it was. He played like a massive stadium.
2: Now, is it similar because of uh, you know all the memes of like come to Brazil because Brazil? Yes. It is it is very difficult to get gigs in Brazil because everything (laughs) is like, you know, there's a lot of tariffs. And I'm pretty sure the government makes it so that you have to apply through a very rigorous system in order to get gigs in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, I just thought their fan base was very passionate. (laughs) No.
0: Well, no, it's not similar to that chance. Public concerts were just not allowed in Saudi Arabia.
2: Oh! (laughs)
0: Like, period. Oh, so it
2: was just like the first concert. Nobody. They had to build stadiums.
0: Yes, they literally had to build stadiums to accommodate these shows. You just couldn't see live public music. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. All right, all
0: right. Also in 2016... Or, sorry, in 2018, so shortly after Mr. Toby Keith's performance, where, yes, I hope he did play the Angry American. uh, That would be so awesome. The... World Wrestling Entertainment announces a 10-year partnership with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to run annual events in cities such as Jeddah and Riyadh. So, WWE, thanks to Vince McMahon, was like, yeah, you know what? We will take the literal billion dollars you're giving us to do these shows. No problem. You know what? Yes. They they
2: missed an opportunity, though, with John Cena going full saudi prince this time before, <laughs> i know <laughs> before he did like the military brat guy and he mm-hmm. was like the chain hardcore. gang soldier yeah yeah chain gang soldier uh and, and, but like we know john cena to flip flop quite a bit mm-hmm. uh as seen by bing chilling well, So yes. it would have been really funny if he just rolled up He's got like you know his head scarf on. He's just ready to rock. Like that would be so fucking cool. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry that I said women are people. Uh, that yeah. was an ill informed yeah. comment on my part.
2: <laughs> I'm women still learning. Is dangerous. Yes, they are more likely to get in accidents. I'm sorry that I
1: acknowledged that Femisteria exists. Uh, Wonder Woman's country <laughs> is not real. <laughs> It actually, it, it belongs to Saudi Arabia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and like, this notion, Chance, you mentioned like propagandistic movies earlier. The way that WWE presented this deal with Saudi Arabia was quite literally pro-Saudi propaganda. Where like, it wouldn't just say like, live this Sunday, we have a show in Saudi Arabia. The comer- It would have like two minute ads in the middle of shows It would be like, coming. It would be like sexy, sultryly voiced, like... Coming to you live from the progressive capital of the Middle East, the crown jewel of the, you know, XYZ, the most progressive city of Jeddah, WWE crown jewel. And it would be like the first one of these that they held, there were requests from like the Saudi royal family for certain wrestlers to appear, which sure, you're paying a billion dollars, makes sense. So oh, they're like, gosh. oh, can you have The Undertaker, who, yep. big Trump guy, works out perfectly? Honestly, it's such a perfect thing. Can you He's have Kane? A great wrestler. Mm. They all, you have Kane, uh, <laughs> the extremely racist mayor of Knoxville, Kentucky. Or, yeah. sorry, Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, can you have, you know, Brock Lesnar? Can you have Yokozuna? Can you have the Ultimate Warrior? Now, Dean, something you should realize is the last two guys are dead and have been for, <laughs> in oh, Yokozuna's man. case, 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> so, WWE, to meet the, frankly, insane requests of the royal family. All the Basically hired a big, fat Japanese guy and pretended he was Yokozuna. <laughs>
1: That's so <laughs> sick.
0: <laughs> Which is incredible. I would like to read you a quick excerpt uh, about <laughs> some of the things that have happened. So, on October 31st, 2019, the WWE held the first ever female match in Saudi Arabia between two competitors who had to wear black leggings and t-shirts over bodysuits instead of their normal ring attire. <laughs>
2: That's not very WWE. <laughs>
0: no, it was not. Also, uh, one of these performers, the Canadian Natalia, was hit in the head with a full water bottle thrown by a member of the crowd.
2: Now, is Natalia the really, really cool one?
0: She's the blonde one whose original gimmick is that she farted a lot. I'm not kidding.
2: <laughs> How much is
0: okay. a lot? <laughs> like, every time she was on screen, people would go, Ooh, stinky, and like, <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm serious.
2: Don't awesome. Don't laugh. <laughs> it's
0: true so this (laughs) was the this is the torchbearer it's just so funny to me the first woman to wrestle in saudi arabia was the stinky fart lady Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's 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 perfect there's poetry to it now wrestling they're still running these shows in fact very infamously wwe ran a show one week after the murder of jamal khashoggi oh (laughs) right and there was like a lot of mainstream pressure from like political and media fronts to be like you shouldn't do this show And they were like, no, we're going to do it. They just stopped saying it was in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) <laughs> but they still went to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Fun fact uh, after that show, the WWE plane wasn't allowed to leave the country because they got into a money dispute with Vince McMahon, who left on his own private plane. So he just left like 40 performers on the Saudi Arabian tarmac for 24 hours.
2: Oh my God. From all the countries to like leave your boys in. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're going to get buried in cement if you leave them there longer than two weeks. Also, wouldn't it have been funny if uh, The Undertaker, like, you know, a coffin comes out and he pulls out Khashoggi? And then pulls out- <laughs> <laughs> Jamal
0: Khashoggi, you will rest in peace. And then he rolls his eyes in the back of his head and hits it with lightning. <laughs> that would have been insane. So uh, another WWE still running events there to this very day. Just in case you're curious, Uh, there's also been rumors. There's it's a much longer story, but basically Vince McMahon got ousted from the company because of Me Too stuff. Like genuinely, this man has a 40 year long record of allegations and payouts. But yeah, surprising surprising
1: absolutely nobody.
0: He managed to finagle his way back in because corporate America is, you know, a hellscape. And uh, his plan is still to try and sell the company to Saudi Arabia.
1: Yeah, I would argue like definitely. Yeah, just like capitalism and like corporate America as it exists. But also he's got a like a bit. He's got like a sprinkle of that, like Trump spice. Oh, absolutely. Like he's Mm. got that like he's got the riz to get back in, you know.
0: I'll tell you right now, as someone who watched Vince McMahon perform, he's the only person that has the campiness and like the insane lack of cultural like understanding of Donald Trump. Like, Vince McMahon only eats steak wraps. Like, genuinely, the only food he eats (laughs) is a steak wrap with ketchup. This is a man who hadn't seen the movie Scarface and had a wrestling character based off of Scarface because Scott Hall was like, hey, this would be a cool character. He's like, what are you talking about? This was like 1992. <laughs> yeah. He's like That's never so cool. seen... His favorite movies are the Grown Ups movies. This yeah. is a man in his 70s. His favorite That'd band is really... Kid Rock and Limp yeah.
2: Bizkit. Yeah, oh yeah, he's a broken dude. Yeah, he's but, completely uh, fucked. <laughs> I want to say though is it's not like this... Like, not only is it this layer of uh, almost charming ignorance, right? It would be charming if it wasn't nefarious. Yeah, um, but but it's almost charming ignorance. But also the fact that he screwed over his daughter out of the gig. Yeah, he literally forced her out of the company. <laughs> his daughter, who is arguably not arguably is a better face for the company better person would make as well them more money probably because she won't fuck everybody over and then also has such a a better reputation and is more liked in the wrestling sphere than her fucking father
0: can i make a quick aside about Steffi mcmahon because uh, this is also 9-11 adjacent so i'm gonna say this counts for the saudi arabia purposes uh <laughs> Also kind of fittingly, WWE was the first like major entertainment company to run after September 11th like a live public show like 2 days later. And during that, they had like wrestlers talking about like America 9/11. And Stephanie McMahon uh came on the screen and said in 1992, the federal government tried to destroy our family, much like how the terrorists tried to destroy our country. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of the most incredibly like tasteless and tone-deaf things to have ever happened on that fucking program, and I loved every second of it. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, WWE, very real possibility they get bought up by Saudi Arabia. Uh, two other quick notes about Saudi Arabia before we move on. Uh, Saudi Arabia, as you may have heard, started their own golf league called L.I.V.,
2: which yes.
0: uh, is the Roman numeral for 54 based on the amount of holes you play in one of their tournament and games. the da, da, da. Yes, the, the real... I don't think they're up to 54 yet, buddy. Wait, isn't he the 54th? No, he's the 45th. Fuck!
2: Damn it, I thought yeah, that was a good bit.
0: You're almost there. You're, if you're dyslexic, it's a good bit. So,
2: <laughs> they,
0: they have the L.I.V., uh, which... Okay, <laughs> here we go. So Greg Norman, a very famous professional golfer from back in the day, uh, has been accused of helping the Saudi government basically like whitewash its reputation, uh, which he's denied up and down. And he said this about the murder of Jamal Khashoggi: "Look, we've all made mistakes, and you just want to learn from those mistakes. See how you can correct them going forward. <laughs> yeah.
1: Get that score down, you know. Fix your handicap."
0: on <laughs> uh, june 22nd 2022 a group of nearly 2500 survivors of family members killed or injured during the september 11th attacks wrote open letters to golfers who remained loyal to the pga and thanking them for not defecting to liv golf <laughs> <laughs> which is an insane thing to do don't get me wrong that is yeah, one that, of the most ridiculous yeah, things i've ever is, heard yeah
1: this is your bringing on golf, folks. Yeah, thank you for yeah. your allegiance <laughs> to
0: this country. To be, to give you an idea of how much money they have, the LIV offered Tiger Woods seven hundred to eight hundred million dollars to join them, to join their league. They oh, offered one man. 800 million dollars to play golf for them and he turned it down
2: correct correct me if i'm wrong that's that's bigger than like most major league sports contracts yes by a long shot right (laughs) the
0: biggest major league sports contract ever is about 250 million dollars so they offered him almost four times that
2: for fucking golf
0: yeah and he said no which credit you know what fair enough tiger i can respect that uh yeah that's the other thing as well but for our uh, formula 1 is next on their thing. Also Saudi Arabia started their own soccer league and they bought Cristiano Ronaldo's contract for 150 million dollars a year.
2: They gave and him, they they gave him a watch that's worth like I think 4 million dollars.
0: Also, they repealed the rule about unmarried people living together if they're of opposite sex so he could move in with his girlfriend. <laughs> they literally <laughs> changed the laws of their country. <laughs> the last thing I'd like to talk about with Saudi Arabia is uh, just closing off on some of the other entertainment things they've had going on. First, Saudi Arabia in 2018 lifted its 35-year moratorium on the construction of new movie theaters in the country, with the first new one being AMC. So Ooh, you can go go to the movies. That's nice. nice. In 2019, the MDL Beast Music Festival was held in Riyadh, attracting 200,000 visitors over three days and featuring such acts as Afrojack, Jay Balvin... Monster X, Rehab, and David Guetta. (laughs) So I just like to imagine, on a windswept night in Riyadh, David Guetta up on the stage with his kit, his turntables. You know, the music's hitting, it's building, it's building. Shout out to Jamal Khashoggi. This is for his family.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to the five briefcases you can
0: find him in, scouted across town. town. You can put them
1: together like Exodius.
0: At the (laughs) the time of publication, there are still seven more years before we see if Saudi Vision 2030 comes to fruition. Before we can see if the city of Neom is completed. Before we can see if the line is finished. So uh, we're excited to see how these projects go. And I think it's safe to say that in 2030, if Neon is completed, the podcast will be moving collectively to live in the line, probably in the bottom levels, so we can continue to do the excellent work that we do. Yeah. Oh yeah, for yeah.
1: sure. I I'm excited I'm like just gonna be living out my cyberpunk dreams there. <laughs> Marty wearing uh,
2: I'm wearing the gear.
1: Yeah, totally. If, if there's just one one thing I'd I'd say about like this whole Saudi story, uh my takeaway is that Growing, like, even, like, one square foot of turf grass in that desert should be a for real crime. Like, like just mm. the, the idea that you're making 54 holes of golf.
2: Like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's got to be horrible for the Yeah, golf. you listen to our <laughs> golf episode. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. good. It's uh, yeah, we, very we bad. Hate it. And we like desert boys. I, I love the boys in the desert.
1: Yeah, just like make a desert sport. Make a sport where you don't have to plant grass everywhere. Camel. I fold. just
0: sent a a nice little pic yeah, of dude. our boy uh, Mohammed bin Salman with another another real one. Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. So maybe that can be our, <laughs> or we can maybe Photoshop Fred Lamarmot in there too. Let me do some work here. We'll have an episode art. <laughs>
1: hoping that they can be together again soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, re- reunited. <laughs> At the line, they're going to get a they're going to get a stunt yeah. double to fill in like Mohammed bin Salman's going to ask to meet uh, Shinzo Abe again. They're just going to hire a different Japanese guy to play him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hideo Kojima
0: no, <laughs> Hideo Kojima is going to scan Mohammed bin Salman to put him in Death Stranding too, which is going to take place in Neon. Just saying. Yeah, it's just
1: you walking down that same street the whole game. That, that's how they got him on
0: board. They, they opened an AMC so Hideo Kojima would finally come to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Watching Minions, the rise of Gru with the Saudi Royal Committee.
2: <laughs>
1: thumbs up, oh thumbs up.
2: God. It's Mohammed bin Salman uh, making up that pipe gun for like 24 hours. <laughs> oh.
1: and it, anyway, folks, uh, my, my lovely new home of Toronto uh, is once again being shaken down by uh, Mr. Tory. Uh, if you're familiar, John Tory, our mayor, was reelected in a landslide. Uh, he's a walking example of why politicians uh, should honestly be using campaign funding for Botox. That's sort of good and noble uh, compared to me having to look at this fucking guy. The headshot fucking got him. That's right. Is he uh, ugly? Of course he's ugly. Anyway, it's somehow legal for Tory to be mayor while also sitting on the Toronto Police Services Board. What? Uh, yeah, at, like in this dual role that he has, uh, he's dutifully just added... Uh, another just under fifty million to the TPS annual budget. Uh, now, mm. assuming that City Council approves of this, they have until February fourteenth to vote. That will bring the total police budget for the city up to one point one billion dollars.
2: Whoa, whoa, yeah.
1: So that is a, a hot one. Yeah, that's a twenty percent increase over the last decade. Uh, most of that money uh, is going to raises to the service's 5,200 cops. Toronto uh, Police mm. Service currently eats over 25% of property property taxes in the city. Uh, compare that to the TTC, which gets under 15%. So Jesus just Christ. completely insane. Uh, but like uh, the interesting story here is not you know, the police budget ballooning. Uh, but that they've sort of had to to work for it a little bit, uh, which they haven't had to do. Again, like their budget has been steadily increasing over the last decade to an insane degree. Uh, but this time they've really had to fight tooth and nail for it, uh, which is good, I guess. Mm. They've been hashing it out since early January. And like these TPS board, like courtesans, these like, big like pudgy like you know cops at the top of the food chain that now just have to go to these meetings and like wheedle counselors to like give them even more money and uh, the, this whole thing is like dominated headlines uh, in the city in January check out uh, uh, Philip Preville's piece in Toronto Life, The Police Versus Everybody Else uh, that's where I got a lot of the numbers that I just read, it's a very good breakdown of what's going on, but The other side of this that I wanted to talk about is, uh, again, the pushback that Toronto Police and John Tory are getting here, uh, which they're not used to getting. Uh, So my question I'm posing to the audience is, uh, police get pushback on their incredible budgets. What would you do if you were a cop?
2: Mmm. I would beg. I would go on my hands and knees and and grovel. I would cry. Yeah. I would spread my cheeks in hopes that somebody might uh, stuff some money in there. Okay. All right.
1: Yeah. I I, I (laughs) wish
2: more cops thought like you did.
0: I'd probably do a lot of like civil asset forfeiture to you know make up the difference up the yeah okay, i'd be still yeah. okay. i'd be like this, this ps5 was the accessory to a crime uh, but they
1: don't like that because like that's like their bonuses you know like that's the mm. that's their like playstation 5 money yeah like yeah. you know like they, they don't want like their actual wages having to come from you know being True. like actual like criminal robber barons
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think if I was a cop and my funding was threatened, I would commit Harakiri in the cop way by touching a mysterious uh, Ziploc bag of powder. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, what what I would do is exactly what they did, which is hit the big shiny button with the C word on it. Uh, The C word being crime, folks.
2: Oh. I, don't,
1: I don't know if this has happened to you, but my timeline has been flooded with, like, stories of, like, violence in the city, specifically on the TTC. It's definitely all over cable news, too, because my grandmother on the phone was, like, worried for me after seeing stuff uh, on CBC or whatever. But yeah. uh, I, I found a, another article here. Uh, the TTC... Toronto Police and the Manufacturing of Violence in the Passage by uh, David Mascarati, which I recommend. Uh, So I'm just going to be pulling from this directly, chime in as you like. He says, in just the past two weeks, these stories of violence on the TTC have included a man trying to push someone onto the tracks, a TTC bus driver being shot with a BB gun, two TTC operators being attacked by several youths. A woman being stabbed and slashed. Two TTC employees being chased by a man with a syringe. Teen being stabbed on a bus, perch snatching. Passenger being shot with a BB gun. Another passenger being attacked by youth. Again, attacking, 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 all sorts of violence. It's everywhere. And uh, I-, I should mention, as our, our uh, good friend uh, and intrepid intern, Grace, uh, pointed out to-, to me on the timeline. Uh, it's uh, pretty pretty convenient that there's been this massive spike of crime uh, on the TTC over the course of the month where they debate this incredible increase in the police budget.
0: Now, to be fair, that's because a full moon is coming up on February 5th. I'm just saying, <laughs> counterpoint? That's true. Counterpoint. Yeah. Un- unlike all the other moon months moon that gonna... don't have full
2: moons. <laughs> yeah. I did see. I did see baby TikTok witches were calling for violence. In the <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh,
0: yeah, they're trying to slay the bus spirit, and it's been really a tricky one. <laughs> <laughs> They've been listing all beast. all their followers. You must spill the blood of eight Torontonians to be able to fell the bus demon. <laughs> Chainsaw man spotted on the Toronto subway. <laughs>
2: Bus blood for the bus blood god. Yeah. yeah. Well. Well. What if I told you
1: folks that really the only sources for crime statistics that uh, most major Canadian news sources use uh, are police reports, just exactly what the cops say is happening. Uh, so uh, this, uh, I wouldn't believe. No, you me. wouldn't believe me. Well, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I would, that's unbelievable. There's no way. This piece in the passage. Uh, this guy went through these various like dozens of Canadian newspapers searching for articles that had the words TTC and violence in them. Uh, Over the last three, Mm -hmm. like 2019 through 2021, uh, there was an average of like low eighties, high seventies amount of results. So like 80 some articles a year about violence on the TTC in 2022, there was 191. With 72 of them coming in December alone. Mm. In January, so just last month, there were more than 180 returns on violence on the TTC. Mm. (laughs) So just like astronomic increases in the amount of violence that is being reported, uh, seemingly with no, like, you know, inflation has been a problem, but like that's been a problem all of 2022, not just the last month of it. Uh, so, like th- these
2: right. numbers are obviously being fudged. Now, now, uh, you might be getting to this, but could it be the case that I know how the media gets these stories, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's from press releases made by police. So, what you're tying what you're telling me is that there isn't necessarily an increase in crime, but there is an increase in press releases regarding crime on the TTC. Correct. That is
1: what I would say. Again, do I have any numbers to say, that, like any smoking bullet, to say that the cops are lying about how many violent crimes are happening? No. Yeah. But uh, I f- I think that the numbers are being inflated, and whenever anything does happen, it gets reported on a lot more than it would in any normal circumstance.
2: Right, and that could be that that as a media person, you're not scouring through the the numerous like. Uh, redundant incidences that happen in the city. like It's not like you get a big press release that has every single uh, crime ever. You get, um, you get notified of notable incidences that the public would be either interested in, which is shitty, or that the public uh, should know about uh, for their safety. Well, you, you
1: also have to factor in just, like, the the average, you know, sl- level of sleaze and laziness in a journalist. And if a cop is coming up to you and saying, like, oh, I've got this story on a silver platter. Here, I've typed it up for you. You just have to publish, which is more or less what you happens yeah, in a lot yeah, of these exactly.
2: scenarios. Uh, like, why wouldn't you just do that? Yeah, the the thing is, too, is, like, a lot of these notable attacks have not happened necessarily recently but they get lumped in as if it yes is. yeah so like i'm looking at the timeline too and it starts november 26th of 2021 mm-hmm. and that's that's when they, they start it... saying like oh like
1: uh someone was like thrown into a punji pit outside blur street or whatever
2: and then uh, yeah and then the next time the next major incident after that was about eight months later in april mm-hmm. So it's like, that's not, that doesn't add up. The only time that things start really racking up is the end of January 2023, where it seems to be consistently every day or every other day, a published story about violence on the TTC, Uh, which does add up to the timeline of police budgeting uh, being called into question. Of course, the police put out their own pressure pressers. It is not like a, 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 an actual like regulated system. It's whoever's on the police force doing the paperwork for these things or is media relations uh, putting out the pressers. So there's an extreme likelihood, I would say, that what you're saying is correct, that they, you know, have had a talk about public safety uh, being put in or or rather how they can use public safety as a way to push the negotiation for their budget increase that they are demanding of the yeah city. no it's it's all um, complete fucking bullshit uh and, and like not only yeah. that
1: uh so last week tory announced that 80 cops will be on the ttc every day in wake of quote recent tragedies uh this is like like galaxy brain shit so all 80 cops every day are going to be like doing these eight hour shifts that's All overtime on top of their normal work. Millions and millions of dollars ballooning the city budget, going directly to these fucking pigs to stand around and, like, you know, check out girls as they, like, walk through, like, fucking King Station or whatever. When asked where this money is coming from for all of this uh, overtime, because this is on top of the 50 million uh, budget increase that they're gunning for. So on top of this, they're getting all this overtime. When that's where it's coming from, uh, chief of police, ready for this, Myron Demkwe, <laughs> it basically says, right. like, the sub- he says to the effect of, well, it doesn't matter what budget it comes from because it's all Toronto taxpayer money anyway. <laughs> so they're just going to siphon more money from the TTC yeah. in order to pay for these fucking cops. Uh, it's like that's old timey huckster shit. That's like a Tom Sawyer yeah.
2: level fucking grift, dude. Yeah, he's
1: like, what do you mean we
2: got like pretty much an infinite money glitch? Yeah,
1: exa- yeah. We're just we're gonna keep going. Well it doesn't matter where the, what where the m- money comes from. Like city money is supposed to go to me. That's just like that's
2: that's why we collect taxes. Yeah. Is to... And just so people know, in the the, the violent crime that they're talking about that requires 80 TTC or 80 uh you know cops on overtime at the TTC is a woman who got her purse snatched I'm not downplaying it but a woman who got her purse snatched someone was stabbed multiple times and another person was chased with a syringe yeah like
1: and you know co- cops would would be able to to stop all of those things from even
2: happening the yeah, and that's one thing we know about cops is they're really good at preventing yeah. crime. It's not like honestly show up like an hours later.
1: You could sort of argue like, you know, we we live in a world of market forces, and it only makes sense like if you increase the police budget, we just want to make sure that that money's being put to good use. So naturally, as a Torontonian, sort of your duty that as the police budget increases, you should commit more and more crimes just to make that make yeah. sense
2: it's like when you leave the popcorn on the floor of a movie theater because someone works there and it's exactly. Yeah. So So like if you do, you may as well
1: be like throwing rocks through windows (laughs) because you know, these, it's like, it's like going through a self automated checkout. Yeah. It's just like, I like to keep them busy. You know, a lot of them are overweight. These cops, it's nice to get them out of their squad cars uh, and trying to waddle
0: around. I'm just like laughing, imagining like 80 cops just like standing behind uh, you know, one of the T-t-t-s, TTC's turnstiles, waiting to like enter an area to confront an armed suspect. There's like 80 of them standing there, and then they all try to go through it at once, and they just fall over on top of each other. It's like, happened more than fact, you think. The, yes, the, the
2: thing that the cops, the things that the cops are good for, they're gonna essentially hand out speeding tickets uh, <laughs> to the to, trains. To the
0: trains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got their radar guns. <laughs> You see how fast that fucker was going?
2: (laughs) They they bring a cruiser down to the actual terminal. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's like GTA where you can't drive it up the stairs, but you can get it down.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, The other thing I was going to say is it's going to be interesting because we know for a fact with the cops there. Well, there's only two ways it can go, right? And of course, there's only two ways it can go. Either reported crime will go up or reported crime will go down however they want it to fit their whatever narrative that they're you know pushing but the interesting thing is that i would believe if 80 cops are hanging out at the ttc that uh violence and violent incidences is probably going to increase by quite a bit mm-hmm. right like specifically cop related incidences, but even then, just the pressure, the social pressure of having cops so like in such a concentrated way uh makes the public uh respond with tension right and stress, and doing so tends to lead to more erratic situations and the possibility for violence to increase, like I would think right like something that would be normally like two people arguing well now you see a cop so it's like why the fuck well, are this? Yeah, well something? like that like and then everyone gets cut co- right? they're pigs they're like demons from hell like it, like the the
1: correct amount of cops in any situation is zero like they're worthless people yeah but if uh listener you you're raising an eyebrow you're sort of you're you're don't quite believe me when i say the cops are completely making this shit up uh, consider, uh, exhibit B I have here. Uh, so this is at my own personal subway stop. This is January 29th after mm. it was some sort of stabbing, some sort of, uh, like horrible, uh, incident had happened on the TTC and the Toronto Mounted Police unit, Twitter account, uh, posts a picture of a cop on a horse. Uh, walking around outside the uh, St. Clair subway station uh, saying, quote, uh, First responder patrols St. Clair station while on duty. Uh, there needs to be an all hands on deck approach to restoring safety and order on our public tran- transit system. It like directly implying about like the things that had happened that day. Someone on Twitter uh, shows that the, the photo that they've posted uh, of this, Uh, horse out front of this subway station has no stone on the ground which was not the case that day there was no horse this was an old photo that they were using you can even see like like the lights in some of the windows in the background are different uh so like this was taken like an amount of months ago and they're trying to like pass this off as like oh like we're working hard to make sure that you're safe when they're not they're
2: just like straight up lying about it it's so cool. They're fucking media. They're 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 marketing. Experts. Yeah, no. Like, uh, it's not, they they, they like literally it's, are just like not...
1: control F searching through like cop images near TTC's areas.
0: For yeah. our our local listeners, think about what happens when they add all the extra cops to Kingston on homecoming, mm-hmm. and how that totally stops any and all parties <laughs> from happening, <laughs> and how it's yeah, not. No, it's... Not just a total waste of your money. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. like what's going on. Cops don't escalate more.
2: anything ever. If anything, it de-escalates. Yeah,
0: that, that's why Like every cop is a social worker. So when they say, oh, we need more social workers. Well, guess what? Just like how every teacher is a social worker in a sense, so is every cop, right? Because they have to do multiple jobs. You get me?
2: That's so. Yeah, it's, it's so, so true. true. That, that that girl that f- slept with the five other cops or whatever, she was yeah. working socially well, hard. She right? was running
0: group therapy. She was doing CBT was group therapy. Trains. Yeah, CBT <laughs> group therapy, you know.
2: Cock and ball torture. Yeah,
0: I, I am a CBT practitioner, so maybe I'm a little biased. <laughs> but nothing leaves me feeling more just fulfilled and worn out at the end of the day than a nice CBT
2: group session. That's right. Now, now, Dino yeah. boy. May may I present to you the story of another horse cop.
1: I would love to hear oh, yeah. about what's okay. going Take on home. with the you know the equestrian law enforcement on your side of the pond.
2: Listen, listeners you can't see it but I have a a big smirk on my face right now oh. because you guys know I love horse cops. Yes. yes. And um Kingston has had one that has been uh notorious and again I don't need to necessarily reiterate the story of the girl getting kicked in the face, which was funny. So funny. But it did happen and it was funny. And uh, apparently, Uh, folks, there is
1: a lost episode of this program where we, we talked at length about the Kingston Mounted. Uh, police unit that is apparently lost to time because we accidentally doxed ourselves on that episode and had to delete it so (laughs) sorry
0: about that and we did we did also have a call to action where we asked them to rip the horse apart and like eat it like chunks of (laughs) meat off of it like gang style so i can understand why it was deleted
2: yeah, we, well, back in October, I also reiterated the story of the horse cop, mm-hmm. just in, in passing. Horse uh, cop,
0: for our listeners yeah, we're as well. I'm not talking about horse cock. Yeah, we're really enunciating right the
2: P. I'd love to yeah, enunciate the You guys can see P. my line of horse cock dildos behind me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've got hundreds. Um, okay, anyways, uh, so... Yeah. Back in October, there was a a uh, press release and I'll, I'll regard it as a press release. There was a press release put out. Um, you can find it on Global News. Kingston, Ontario, police horse's future uncertain due to lack of funding. It has a really sad looking cop, uh, really sad looking horse. And uh, basically what they say is that, um, you know, they will certain people will match the money. They also, like, donated. They were crowdfunding for the horse. Company. Yes. So this um, has been
1: going on for a number of years. The Kingston Police yes. Department just doesn't have the money to, like, feed and house this horse. So they, add, like, they go fund me that money uh, pretty
2: frequently. May I say that two years, they say it here, it costs about $75,000 every two years for food, housing, and training. That's not a ton of money. No. <laughs> you know? They, like, it's like a, this state, it's like a
0: 40 million dollar plus budget for the Kingston police as well.
2: Kingston police budget is fucking massive. I yeah. wish I had the numbers the exact numbers for you here. But the Kingston police budget is fucking massive. $75,000 for 2 years to keep a thing alive isn't isn't crazy. Um anyways, with their crowdfunding efforts, they only raised $31,000. So not even half to cover a year. Yeah. Um as of January 27th, uh, they they've uh, retired our beloved horse cop. Bye bye, um,
0: Merney because... and the girl from high school. I know who <laughs> rides yeah. her.
1: We're, all, we're we're mourning Murney, <laughs> folks.
0: Yeah, they're gonna have to put down both the horse and the cop. If you're <laughs> both are being sent. Their glue will be intermingled together in the great factory in That's the sky. That's
2: beautiful. So so
0: when they asked for more cops in schools this is what you meant Elmer's glue for everyone
2: <laughs> Um so so Merney the horse cop uh needed the fundraising the purpose was and I, and I can see it here so we say $75,000 isn't enough but I guess what they did was they took the budget for the horse cop and hired 10 more police officers Sick. So like one horse <laughs> cop is worth 10 cops uh which is really funny and then uh the 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 crowdfunding happened. They raised thirty one thousand dollars this year. They revamped it with those press releases that I was telling you about, trying to get the community together to raise more money. Uh, in that effort, they raised about another four thousand dollars, and don't have enough money to keep Mernie around. So now, <laughs> cop's gone. Yeah, Where's wonder cops where gone? that money's going though. Um, Interesting. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um.
2: Yeah. They. They. It's. It's pretty insane um sarah and murney are much more than ambassadors for the kingston police as they also perform enforcement duties in our present areas that require extra patrol they shit around downtown yeah they just shit on this That is not anything yeah that's
0: not even the the horse that's the cop (laughs) (laughs) she's just riding around with her fucking slacks around her ankles just and she's like pressing it against the back of the horse so it like falls in a straight like rectangular line (laughs) yeah yeah like, what it's, it's <laughs> <It does. laughs> you can't get mad at me for telling you the truth uh,
2: so yeah the the Kingston horse cop has has been retired um, and I want to ask you guys what do you think is next for uh the Kingston police? do you think they're gonna get a, like a wood well, a woodchuck maybe a, I wish maybe man, a moon like, man? like pretty much like you you say like okay, so
1: if one horse is like the equivalent of like 10 cops, i'd much rather pay a horse than 10 cops. but maybe we could pay like you know like 100 200 woodchucks um <laughs> not quite sure what they would they, they could just like hang out like sort of roam around yeah we could just they could have around. like a little police vest on and like maybe you're not supposed to we'll know if it's spring it, okay what if it's like you can do a crime normally. It's fine. But if, like you see a woodchuck in your vicinity, like you're not supposed to do it.
2: It's like an honor system. Yeah. Um, I guess the so I say the community raised um, thirty one thousand dollars. But in actuality, it was the the Kingston like Better Business Bureau. Oh, fuck. TD bank.
0: <laughs> TD that, Bank
2: that raised the most amount of money. Um, they almost hit like sixty thousand dollars by the end of it. And most of that was contributed by them specifically. Of
0: course, like the better business bureau who's like literally trying to hunt homeless people into extinction in the city is going to put money towards the horse cop. Like yeah, tourism. Kingston is one of the most demonic entities in a city that has God, no shortage of horrible things in its history. So uh, really, really glad to hear that. Uh going to have to mold that information and what I want to do with it later. That's all I'll <laughs> yes, say.
2: So, so as of right now, because I heard a uh, word possibly of, of what might be happening with the horse, uh, people did message me uh, because I did post it on the LLCs Instagram about what was going on. People message asking uh, where or what might be happening to the horse. Uh, I haven't received any confirmation. If anyone wants to reach out with more information, but what I've heard. Is that it isn't to the glue factory with the horse, and they are probably just going to be sending them off to, okay, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse's pretty confirmed it's to the glue factory, but yeah. uh, no, it's the, it's
0: it's going to like to retired pig's house. There's like a there's like a, a farm where they it can run and frolic yeah. and stomp on the necks of you know black. I people. have a theory, like all all police <laughs> horses free. do. Yeah. I have a
1: yeah, theory. What if you know they're like okay uh they just get around like they put the horse in the stable uh they left it there for a while and now they're coming back and now they're like oh shit we le- we we left the horse in the stable all year and it's dead
0: fuck why does this keep it's happening <laughs> No, I, it's, I horse day. it's, it's like an unforgiven type situation where they're going to call in Mernie to help with homecoming. They're like going to go to that farm and Mernie's going to be, you know, <laughs> just he's just, like just like kind of like stoically smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. So I hear you need my help.
2: No, I think, I think, uh, Dean's, Dean's onto something there. I think, uh, next year's horse day is going to be very interesting when we find out that the horse cop has been dead for nine months. Um. But ultimately, from what I understand, is it's probably going to be going to some ranch on Wolf Island uh, where it will live its best life and actually be taken care of. Uh, pigs shouldn't take care of horses. That makes no sense at all. So hopefully someone uh, can actually take care yeah. of the fucking thing. Mernie was Until found then, dead in a burned uh,
1: out squad car with five bullets in the back yeah. of his head. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Mert. Mur- 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 yeah, Mur- 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 and several other horse activists found dead <laughs> via suicide.
2: Mur- the 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 helicopter engine gave up. Yeah. And uh Mur- has <laughs> Mur- found dead in a field. Yeah,
0: Mernie's Mur- Mur- big ol' heart just plain gave out. <laughs> no, you know you know what's happening to Mernie <laughs> Mur- and the horse cop. They're getting two weeks' nade leave. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All
1: right. Well, uh,
2: yeah. Until then, yeah, folks, thanks for listening classic. to that. I bet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you feel your, good after that. Keep one. your horses in the barn. Yeah. And, and um, take care of your groundhogs. Yeah.
0: Folks. Yeah. Honestly, reach out to a groundhog you know and just tell them how do- <laughs> how dope they are. <laughs> yeah, you <know>?
2: that's true. <laughs> yeah. You, you should. never know Sometimes. when they're suffering. Sometimes a groundhog just needs to hear uh, a fellow say hello. You yeah. Know? We don't always get that. You know,
0: I heard it was Fred Lamarmot's wife that killed him.
2: Wow. <laughs> I, th- I heard he took out his two kids. To- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>
0: but honestly, the last thing that was said is that there was no holding him back.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The CTE guy. Yeah, he
0: wasn't driven by fear. He was driven by anger.
1: Uh, Okay. What about uh, she whistle pig on my red monk till I wee nusk? Is that anything? Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's actually disgusting. Uh, Your red monk. Yeah. Yeah. What the? It's hooded. Mm. Is that what you call it? Mm. Oh. Oh fuck. I needed to know that. Actually, I was wondering if you were disgraced as a child. <laughs> <laughs> disgraced. I <laughs> only hang out with the uh, unattacked. Yeah. Right. So
0: Chance thinks Dean's a eunuch. He's like, <laughs> that's what he's wondering. It would explain and, a
2: lot. Yeah.